Hi, welcome to the American Coin Out podcast. Since 1960, American Coin Out magazine has been the independent voice of the self-service laundry industry. I'm your host and editor of the magazine, Bruce Beggs. I've served American Coin Ops since 2011, and I'm in my 32nd year as a reporter editor. As one year draws to a close and the new year begins, there's a natural transition for small businesses like self-service laundries. It's time to assess the prior year's performance and prepare for the coming year. Someone who's run through this exercise many times is my returning guest today. Paul Russo is a retired New York City laundromat owner with 40-plus years experience and author of the Pointers by Pauly B. column in this very magazine. He joins me today from his home in Glendale, Arizona. Good morning, Paul, and welcome again to the American Coin Op Podcast. Hi, hi, Bruce. Great to be back. We're releasing this podcast the day after Christmas, and you were telling me off-air that the week between Christmas and New Year's was the busiest one of the year in your New York City stores. Tell me about that, and what adjustments did you need to make to handle that? There are several reasons why that was uh, the busiest week of the year, uh, and I'm not sure if my situation applies to all mats. It was actually preceded by three slow weeks. So as, as people are Christmas shopping, they're too busy shopping, and they let their laundry pile up in their homes. After the day of Christmas and up to New Year's, all hell breaks loose. And those loads come in, big loads, lots of loads, uh, all, all pent-up demand. College kids are home from school, so that adds to the mix. And, uh, and what I call the fresh start mentality uh, is in flu bloom that week. Certain ethnic groups believe in cleaning their homes from top to bottom before the start of the new year. They want to start the new year fresh, and that includes all of their laundry. And it was so busy that um, I would, my employees had, uh, had a blackout week. I would put on the calendar, nobody can take off that week. And I even had to call in people for extra hours. To prepare for that, I did the usual things. I stocked up on supplies and parts, uh, made sure everything was running well, especially the big washes uh, because of those big loads. Checked for strange noises. You know, and, uh, lots of times I would use those three weeks before, which was slow, to clean out all the lint on the dryers, make sure they're all good. Uh, the main sewer, my stores were usually in a building with other stores, right? And usually the restaurants would put grease in the drain line. So I would, uh, I would have the, the main drain snake because I don't want a backup on a busy week, you know, water backup. Right, that's the last uh, thing you want. And I would also budget more of my personal time for that crazy week. And the only exception that could kill that, that glorious week was if, you know, we got a snowstorm. Right. Uh, so I always, I always had my fingers crossed, which made it hard to fix the machines. <laughs> uh, talking about yeah, talking about fixing the machines. Let's talk about the podcast topic that we're going to tackle today, and that's really kind of making you you kind of referenced it, making a fresh start in, in one way. Maintenance is something that a self service laundry should be doing all the time, but end yeah, of year, right. but end of year seems like a perfect point to tackle annual or very involved maintenance tasks. What might some of those be? And how do you recommend handling them? Well, uh, yeah, that's an excellent point. Um, after the holidays, things uh, will slow down enough uh, for me to do things like snake all the drain lines, the horizontal ones behind the dryers, uh, to clear them of coins and debris buildup along the bottom of the pipe. I would go through my parts inventories. I'd check door locks, dump valves, uh, maybe some painting here and, here and there. But it was a slow time, so I got that stuff done, and maybe I'd take a vacation. A vacation? Wow. 
Yeah, actually <laughs> take a vacation. It does happen once in a while. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if a self-service laundry business chooses to identify the calendar year as its fiscal year, then December 31st marks the end of fiscal 2018. What accounting tasks come along with the end of a fiscal year? Well, my accountant does most of that, uh, but I'll go through my checkbooks and my credit card purchases, and I'll mark my expenses from the past year according to category. You know, the utilities, new equipment purchases. With new equipment purchases, you get credits and things like that, your write-offs. So I definitely want to highlight that stuff. Advertising, property taxes. But I usually do this on a monthly basis, especially for the credit cards purchases, while those purchases are still fresh in my mind. So I'll do it monthly, and I'll do it at the end of the year. What about budgeting? Uh, the end of one year and the beginning of another seems like a perfect time you know, to summarize your laundry's annual revenue and expenses and then set new spending limits for the coming year based on your projected revenues. Talk to our audience um, about that. Well, with budgeting, um, I also um, go off the beaten path, and I do that biannually uh, because – my water bill increases always came in the summer, and the increases were always big. Uh, a lot of a lot of mat owners can relate to that. Uh, my increases range from a low of six percent to a high of thirteen percent per year, and I never knew really knew what they would be. I also had a similar issue with property taxes going up unpredictably in the summer. I would look at my budget twice a year, January and July, uh, almost always though. I'd have to increase the vent price or something, you know, to keep up with those expenses. And one, the problem that I had, and uh, I, a lot of other mat owners know, I think, is that many of your competitors will not raise their vent prices to keep up. And this is very annoying to me, but it's actually dangerous for those charity mats, you know. Sooner or later, they'll get into trouble and the store goes up for sale. I would also review my, uh, my ad budget at the beginning of the year. That I didn't do biannually. I would do it once a year. Mostly online ads. You know, I did well with Facebook. So I would make a post on Facebook and I'd pay to boost it in my store's zip codes. I also found, by the way, uh, that photos are a great way to get more hits uh, on those posts. And I want to add, too, another thing that people should consider is a slush fund, an emergency slush fund to cover unexpected things that your budget planning can't predict. I personally like around 3% uh, as a backup. 3% 3% of, yeah. of what? 3% of your annual revenues? 3% of my, uh, yeah. And anything more than that, then I'd be doing a little money dance between my personal <laughs> money and uh, <laughs> the laundromat. <laughs> hey, talking about money, you know, this is the time of year when uh, employers uh, are thinking about uh, giving bonuses and employees are looking forward to receiving them. So, you know, you're, this is the time of year when you'd be doing, I'm thinking you'd be doing employee evaluations and you'd be rewarding right. good performance with bonuses. How did that process right. work for you? I did not limit myself to, to the end of the year for employees. Managing employees is an ongoing thing. And I would compliment them a lot throughout the year with sincere compliments. You know, if I saw somebody doing something good, I'd say, hey, that was great. Thank you so much, you know. But I, gave, I always gave them holiday bonuses a week or two before Christmas uh, based on the logic that uh, they could use that extra money to help them with their shopping. And I would include a card, uh, you know, with a personally written thank you, uh, which spell out all the unique high points for that particular employee. So these are handwritten for each employee. And my bonuses to them at that holiday time would base more on longevity, how many years they were with me. 
this time of year or at the beginning of a new year, rather, is a time to kind of assess, look back and assess how your laundry did the year prior. And, you know, benchmarking it is an important way to determine if your store is performing as you expected or if you need to make changes. So how did you make that type of assessment? I had a paper collection journal that I would enter the collections according to machine groups. And uh, I, I would make one new journal each week. Uh, so I would have an end of week tally and uh, with all the an end of week tally for each group and then a total for the uh, for the whole store for that week. Then I had a collection of these journals every week, and I could compare the same week to last year, the same uh, same month to last year, same quarter, and obviously at the end of the year I can compare the whole year. Now, if I was to continue in the business, I would definitely computerize that because um, it would save me a lot of time. Collecting machines according to a group allowed me to see which groups were performing better or worse, you know. In your history, what, what groups did perform better for you? Uh, the bigger machines tended to perform better, but, but sometimes I would have a sale on, on my smaller machines. On the journal during those weeks where I had a sale, sure, I would highlight the sale when the sale started and when the sale ended, so I, I could understand why the numbers changed, you know. Assessing your machines according to groups is really useful because you can see if one group is doing too much, too many turns per day, uh, maybe it's time to raise the prices or to add new machines. After taking a look back at your store's performance for the prior year, what kind of goals would you set for the coming year, you know, beyond simply trying to attract more customers? Yeah, after attracting customers, the first thing that comes to mind is improving uh, reliability of the equipment. I mean... No one wants those out-of-order signs in their stores, at least I don't. And they are part of the business, but the thing is to minimize them uh, for good customer perception. You know, you want the customers to walk in and see everything working if possible. I always kept the paper logbook of all the repairs in the store. And even things like boilers, HVACs, lighting, I would log in every repair that I made, and that would help me spot trends. Uh, to eliminate those out-of-order signs. These trends I'd be looking for mainly parts that might be repeatedly failing. Personally, as a store owner, did you like the transition from year one year to the next? You know, what kind of impact did it have on you? Did you really enjoy uh, it, or was it something that you kind of felt was uh, was daunting or something you well, had to do? Yeah, it was something I had to do. I accepted most of uh, most of the tasks of my job, but uh, it depended upon the year. Like if I had a really good year. Uh, at the end, of, uh, when, when beginning of a new year, I'd be excited about the next year, right? So I'd really jump in and want to do all those things. Now, if I had a bad year, uh, I'd be a little depressed about it. <laughs> and um, I, I, I knew I had to jump in because now I have to compensate for that bad year. So what can I do to make my new year better? But it was a little harder when I had a bad year. Uh, there was It was not always at the end of the year, like for the transition um Every May, for instance, I would go behind uh, behind my dryers, uh, and I would try to make sure everything was working, uh, checking belts and greasing them and all, because I don't want to go behind the dryers during the summer. I already do hot yoga. I don't need it in my laundry. <laughs> <much. laughs> That's a subject for another uh, uh, podcast topic, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Well, with that, we're going to we're going to close today. Paul, thanks a lot again for uh, for sure. chatting with me and and sharing your expertise. Uh, always appreciated. Absolutely, it's a pleasure, Bruce. Thank uh, you so much. 
The American Coin On Podcast is a production of American Trade Magazine's LLC in Chicago, with music written by Nazar Ryback and provided by Hook Sounds. For more information about our podcasts, visit our website at AmericanCoinOp.com or consult The Wire, our weekly e-newsletter. And I welcome podcast feedback, including your topic suggestions, at my email, bbags at atmags.com. For American Coin Op, this is editor Bruce Beggs saying your cycle is up. <laughs>